0: What a night, you know, there's a lot of emotions. And I think mean, it's important. I told our guys after the game to take a second to reflect on it and take a second to think about where they were and and where they've come from, and particularly Adam and Kendall. And um, to go out like this on this kind of night, that stuff doesn't happen all the time. So it's pretty special. And I, I couldn't see it because I was bombarded, but I think was Kendall crowd surfing there at the end? <laughs> you know, people yelling, "I'm proud to be a CSU ran. That stuff doesn't happen every day, and so those guys need to enjoy it. High level game. I thought both teams played really, really well. Two terrific teams. We just made a few more plays than they did uh, um, to get the win, and we're going to enjoy the heck out of this one tonight. Wake up tomorrow, zero and zero, and then on to the uh, on to the next season
1: what a night colorado state comes up with a 71 68 victory over boise state on senior night the students storm the court really just an incredible atmosphere i mean the fifth straight sellout it's it's just been insane i mean i I really hope everybody can uh, can just appreciate how how absurd, you know, this entire run has been. I mean, Nico Medved obviously talked about it there in the intro with with the players, you know, being able to take a moment to reflect and just kind of how important that is. But I also think it's important for the fan base because, you know, you gotta you gotta enjoy the ride. It goes quickly, as we all know. It's it's already March, which is insane, but the the fun's really only getting started. So excited to talk about everything. Give you all my takeaways from this game. This is the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. When Covington and Masvidal step into the octagon this Saturday, at UFC 272 DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for new customers. Bet $1 on the main event, get $100 in free bets no matter what. First round knockout, you get paid. Majority draw, you also get paid. Double knockout resulting in a no-contest ruling. Yep, you get $100 in free bets. No matter what, it does not matter what the outcome is. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Throw down just $1 on the UFC 272 main event and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Cool, cool, cool. Let's, Let's jump into it and first talk about the atmosphere. Shout out to Ram Nation. I mean, this has just been... So much fun! I, I can't believe that was already the last home game. They they closed the year with five sellouts. I mean, it's just been everything you could have hoped for as a college basketball fan. I mean, this is this is how you build something special. You know, this is big for recruiting. It's 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 big for CSU's exposure. It's it's big for you know keeping coaches in town and and all of that. You know, it's it's big to be able to to have the success result. In the community turning out, I mean, look at Jay Norvell leaving Nevada for CSU. That was a big part of it. He he said it pretty bluntly. It was about you know support for the program, both institutionally, but also you know from the community as a whole. And CSU has has turned out in in just a major way this year. The the students, the fans, everyone. It's been amazing. This was the third game in which CSU students stormed the court. Obviously, that that brings out the the negative Nancy's my opinions on, on court storming are, are pretty simple. I've I've made it, you know, clear more than once now. You know, I'm I'm pro fun. I I don't understand why people waste their time getting all worked up over it, especially fans of the team. Like when opposing fans troll, I get it, because that's just what being an opposing fan is all about. You know, you take every chance you get to troll. But being upset about your own fan base having fun and, and your own students having fun. That's it's just wild to me. I just I don't get it. I, I again I d I don't wanna go on to the long tangent because I've already kind of done it twice now, both after San Diego State and Wyoming, but ultimately I think we want everyone to be engaged and having fun is is all it's what it's all about. I mean, you see the looks on, on the faces of the players. They love it. Kendall Moore's out there crowd surfing. And I'm gonna talk about how cool it was for the seniors to go out on a on a positive note in a little bit, but you know, again, I just, I want people to enjoy this, you know, enjoy the ride. Don't get worked up over, you know, the semantics of it. And obviously, you know, there, there's some trolling from San Diego State fans and, and Boise State fans, but you know what? Who cares? Who cares? It's not their season. It's not their fun. And and I've seen the atmospheres in those games. Viejas is obviously traditionally pretty good, but It hasn't been that great this year. I mean, San Diego State had some big home games, and and that arena was half empty this season. You know, Boise State struggled to get full arenas. Wyoming, you know, outside of CSU, didn't, you know, fill that arena the way that they should have. And I'll give Wyoming the most slack out of everyone just because of the the travel circumstances that their fans have to go through. It can be pretty tough weather-wise out there. What's San Diego State's excuse, huh? Because they had multiple primetime games this year. On CBS, and, and it was a ghost town. So, you know, if they want to throw shade, it's whatever. But again, it does not matter. It's not their fun. Um, the, the Rams, they secure a season sweep of the regular season Mountain West champions, Boise State, ultimately finish the regular season 24-4, and 14-4 against Mountain West opponents. Again, the 14 Mountain West wins ties last year for the best ever finish. And the Rams locked down the number two seed in the Mountain West Tournament, which is really big because you're going to get to face the winner of Utah State Air Force. Again, you don't want to sleep on anyone. You know, Air Force has been a frisky opponent for teams at times this year. Utah State has a ton of experience, and, and they've been one of the better teams in Vegas over the last half decade or so. And, and it's just hard to, to beat a team three times. That's it, it just kind of a core belief of mine no matter who it is, I think it's hard to beat the same team three times, but obviously if CSU is going to want to make any type of, of run in Vegas, you're you're going to have to beat someone. You can't avoid anyone. You can't win the mountain West tournament by, you know, just beating air force and, and San Jose state and like New Mexico or something. You're going to have to, to play some good teams, but it just, it kind of sets CSU up to potentially, you know, win a game or, or two and, and make the championship. And, We'll see what happens from there. They don't need to win it all in Vegas to, to make it, but it would be huge for CSU's seeding. At this point, I, I would say they're going to be the highest seeded team out of the Mountain West, depending on what happens, you know, in Vegas, we'll see. But it'd be pretty cool to see CSU end up getting, you know, like a five or a six seed if if, you know, they, they made the championship game or, or, you know, won it all. I think they would definitely have a strong argument for that. I don't know if they'll actually get it. You know, again, the the respect that the Mountain West deserves is not always what they're given but with another quad one win and a 12 and three record against q1 and, and Q2 opponents CSU's metrics are are really shaping up pretty nicely so I think it's it's going to be pretty tough to to argue that CSU should be anything lower than like a seven at this point you know if they if they lose their first game in Vegas you know to somebody like Utah State or Air Force maybe that that changes but as of now man the Rams are, are really looking good. And, and that's awesome because we all know, you know, the eight, nine seed is, is cool. It's usually a fun first round game, but typically your, your reward is is then getting blasted by the one seed in the second round. And that's always unfortunate, especially for a really talented mid major team. But we have plenty of time to, to talk about all that later. I, I want to kind of dive into some of my takeaways from the game itself. Now I really feel like this was a, a high level game between these two teams came out you know the offense was flowing there was great pace I feel like the ball movement was phenomenal from from both teams but especially CSU really just unselfish I felt like the Rams did a good job of of changing pace and, and sharing it I mean they had 16 assists as a team Boise State had 13 assists so again you know it was pretty good on both sides both teams were, were knocking down shots both teams, especially early, were going on runs. You know, it'd be like a 10-0 run for the Rams, and then all of a sudden you get a 12-0 run from Boise State, and then like an 8-0 run from CSU. It was was just back and forth. It was high-level basketball from two really talented, two really deep teams. And, you know, I feel like Boise State kind of gave CSU, you know, uh, everything they had tonight. I kind of wondered if, you know, how much they wanted this one. I will say I feel like everything I said about Seeding for, for CSU could also be applied to Boise State. I mean, they don't they don't want to get an eight or a nine seed. They want to try and you know be as high as they possibly can. But just with the, the Mountain West tournament still coming up, I wondered if you know maybe they would rest some guys and and you know maybe not play their key starters. You know, at, at least, you know, maybe not 30 minutes, but that that's not really how it was. Dagenhart played 31, Shaver played 29, ACOT played 30, Key played 37, Armouche played 32, and Max Rice played played 21, and he of course he hit three of four threes in that game. You know, M- Max Rice has really kind of assumed that Justinian Jessup role where he just seems to to light it up uh, against CSU. And Jessup was a, a much more talented player than than Max Rice is. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him. I just mean in in terms of being that Boise State guy that's a a thorn in in CSU's side. Rice had 11 points. Shaver had 13, although his, uh, his game tying attempt did fall short late. Acott had six key had 15, you know, the, the Boise state fans threw a big fit about Emmanuel Acott, you know, not playing in that first matchup uh, against CSU. And, and he's a really talented player. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him either. He was 0 of five from three, three of eight from the field. in this one, six points in 30 minutes, You know, I don't, I don't think he really would have made the difference in that one either. That's just my opinion, but both teams just played really, you know, unselfishly in this one. It it was a really fun game to watch. It was just high level offense. And I don't think the defense was bad, you know, in the second half, especially I feel like both teams really tightened up, but the, the Broncos, they shot 53% from the floor in this one, 30% from deep CSU finished 55% from the floor, 36% from deep. So just a little bit better in both regards. Boise State did finish better at the free throw line. They hit eight of nine attempts to go 89% at the charity stripe. CSU hit 10 of 12. They hit, you know, made 83%, not like it was a bad day from them by any means. Only nine turnovers by CSU in this one. They forced 11 on the other end. What was big too was, you know, CSU, they had nine giveaways, which isn't bad. They did have a bad one on the inbound, you know, late in in the last minute there, but didn't end up. Coming back to, to haunt them, the, the big thing was the turnovers really didn't hurt CSU very bad. Only allowed four points off turnovers. On the other end, CSU had 15 points off turnovers, and that was huge. I think you know, there were a couple opportunities where the Rams were just kind of able to you know, get out and run and, and create a couple of transition opportunities, finished with nine fast break points. It, it wasn't a ton, but it was just enough, and they, they worked it down low. You know, Roddy was Roddy. I felt like the guards did a good job of, of getting in the paint as well. John Tanja a couple of times put his nose down and, and went to the hoop. I, I tweeted this, but it feels like two or three times a game Tanje's just kind of says screw it and, and you know, puts the ball on the court and, and goes hard to the hoop. And he has such phenomenal body control and, and he's so big and strong. You know, I think it's he's he's not appreciated like Roddy in the, in the same way for the, the way that he's able to, to kind of just force his way down there, but he really does it all the time. And it's, it's made a big difference, especially in these last couple of games for CSU. It, it puts the pressure on the other team. A lot of times it, it helps, you know, get them in, in foul trouble. Roddy can't be the only one drawing fouls. And I think that's, that's, what's really been big is, is kind of stepped up and especially down the stretch here, been a, one of the guys that's just forced the issue, you know, played aggressively, has has taken advantage of, of his opportunities and just has, has really been, you know, one of the, the unsung heroes of this team at, at times this year. I, I felt like he was great in this win. As were, you know, Roddy and Stevens, David Roddy led all scores in the game, finished with 23 points, 10 of 17 from the floor, did miss both of his threes, but hit all of his free throws, had four rebounds, couple of assists, played 32 minutes you know typical david roddy stuff i i feel like you know it, it it was kind of a frustrating game for him there was there was a lot of hacking that that didn't get called and i'm going to actually talk about officiating and and complaining about you know officiating and how it it impacts outcomes and all that here in, in just a second but i i just i love how composed roddy was you know he he had some stuff not go his way the fact that he only had 3 free throw attempts in this one with the amount of contact that he took shows you know, kind of how it was officiated. And I feel like it was consistent. So you can't really complain that much. It was just the way that the refs were, were calling it, but you know, to, to to go through that and then be composed and, and, you know, come up with a, a couple of really big, just effort plays at the end as, as far as getting an offensive rebound and a steal, you know, in the final 30 seconds, it's, it's just huge. And then, you know, with, with Isaiah, he had 12 points in this one, four of 10 from the floor. So you know, he didn't necessarily light it up, at least from a scoring perspective, but he had a team-high seven assists in this one. in In 37 minutes, was brilliant defensively, and I just felt like he had an edge right from the start. He was driving hard. He was dishing it out. I mean, he was just he was trying to create, and and he really looked like an NBA point guard in this one, just with how composed he was, and and his aggressiveness, and and just how how confident he is to, to be able to kind of drive in there and and be able to kind of figure it out as he goes. I mean, I I think sometimes he just kind of goes hard and is is able to, to kind of improvise. I'm not saying it's, it's out of control or anything like that, but you know, that's what the best players are able to do. They just, they go to the hoop and they kind of figure it out from there. You know, they read the situation and decide, you know, should I go up? Should I try to draw the foul? Should I try and finish or, or should I dish it out? And I, I tweeted it out. Actually, if you follow me on Twitter, There was a possession where the Rams, they're out in transition. You know, they get the rebound. They advance the ball past midcourt. Stevens puts the ball on the floor and he kind of goes hard and hesitates. And and then he just dishes it out to the corner. Roddy then moves the ball to Tanjay, who then moves the ball all the way around the perimeter to to Moore, who drains the open three. And just the change of pace and, and the ball movement, the passing, it was. It was gorgeous. It was San Antonio Spurs-esque. It was Denver Nuggets-esque. It was it was just phenomenal. As far as the seniors go, it, it was really neat to, to see them get their moment. I mean, Kendall Moore, he obviously had a, a season high in, in the last one over Utah State with 23 points, but he follows that up by going seven and nine from the floor in this one, nineteen points. It's three of five threes. His ability to to hit those now is, has really been big. I mean, he's always had that ability, but the fact that he's doing it consistently of late has been really big for CSU and, and some pretty big wins in, in conference play, both on the road and then obviously at home And in this one. Adam Thistlewood hit a couple of shots, four points, two or three from the floor, also had a rebound and an assist in eight minutes. He did get the start, which was cool to see. And then Chandler Jacobs actually had no points in this one, only took two attempts from the floor, but had a couple of rebounds and, you know, was still solid defensively in his 20 minutes. That's just what he does. I mean, all of these guys, they just, they, they impact the the game, you know, no matter what they have to do, whether it's, you know, stepping up and, and knocking down the threes and in Kendall's case the last couple of times, whether it's, you know, taking charges or diving for loose balls, whether it's facilitating like your Isaiah Stevens, Isaiah Rivera actually had a sweet dish to, to Roddy, a bounce pass while Roddy was cutting towards the hoop and then he puts it down for the jam. I mean, Everybody, they're just—they're doing the little things right now. They're scoring in the paint. They outscored Boise in the paint, forty to thirty-two. They had more fast break points, less turnovers, more points off of turnovers, more than twice as many steals, more assists. They—they—they they, they were the better team in this one. It was a close game. It was a fun game, but the Rams were definitely the better team in this one. And that's why when I when I hop on Twitter in the in the post game press conference and I see that. You know, San Diego State fans and, and Boise State fans are throwing a temper tantrum over, you know, some contact on, on Marcus Shaver on that strip by Roddy in the, the final seconds. There's 21 seconds left at that point. I'm just, I'm rolling my eyes. I mean, first off, David Roddy gets officiated worse than anybody in the conference. I already talked about it earlier. He was getting hacked all game long, all game long. And the refs just let it go because he's a big, strong dude. It's it's like Nikola Jokic. You can go out there and you can beat the living hell out of them. Smack them upside the head. The refs aren't going to call shit. But more importantly, like I said, by laying out all of those stats, CSU was clearly the better team in this one. And, and off of that, also, if you want to play the, the hypothetical game, the what if, and, and I'm not saying that Roddy didn't get away with some contact. He did. But that's, again, you know, how the game was officiated. It was consistent both ways. But that's not, that's not why the, the game was decided. You know That's not where the game was won and lost. Kendall Moore still missed a free throw three seconds later. Then David Roddy got an offensive rebound. Get a rebound in Boise State. You know It, it doesn't matter. All you got to do is get a rebound. Then you have a chance to, to go down and score. But you didn't box out. You let Roddy go up and get it. And then Kendall Moore got a second shot. And he made a pair of free throws. This game was won over 40 minutes not on one, you know, bang, bang play in in the final 30 seconds. And again, Boise State still had an opportunity after that. But, you know, calls count the same for all 40 minutes. Like, if if you want to in a vacuum, be like, yes, if that one call goes the other way, then maybe it changes, you know, the outcome. But if you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, can I not then go, okay, well, what about the 15 times David Roddy got hacked throughout the game and it didn't get called? Shouldn't that have put CSU in the bonus earlier? The Rams are a phenomenal free throw shooting team. You know, they're probably, you know, making eight to 10 out of, out of 10, you know, and then it's not even a game in the final 30 seconds. So you, you can do the woulda, coulda, shoulda, what ifs all game long. And that's the thing that's just especially driven me crazy about San Diego State fans and, and Boise State fans with, with the way that the CSU and, and Boise games have ended up playing out. You know, I'm not saying that those calls were were not close and I'm not even saying definitively that, that Boise or San Diego state didn't have calls go against them, but you have 40 minutes calls go against both teams all game long. And as long as it's relatively, you know, leveled and and consistent both ways, you just kind of have to adjust and play through it. That's what the best teams do. So that's where I stand. I mean, again, you know, you can, you can act like that. That one call was the, the reason that this was dictated, but I don't know. Look at the stats. Look at the numbers. It's, it's pretty clear who the better team was on Saturday night. Yeah. The last thing that I, that I want to talk about here before we wrap up just with some player audio here is it just feels like CSU is, is peaking, you know, at the right time. It obviously would have been really, really neat to see the Rams win the mountain West for the first time ever would have been a special honor for this group. In, in my opinion, CSU by far the best team in the mountain West this year when you look at their resume when you look at how they played both in in non-conference and against you know the, the the top teams in the conference i don't even think it's that big of a debate but ultimately i mean to go 24 and 4 14 and 4 against the league against a really challenging schedule i mean the, the non-conference slate was brutal the conference slate was brutal they had to battle you know the covid pause again which you know kind of threw things for a, for a loop it's it's just been such a special season. So many memorable moments. I mean, I tweeted, you know, the other day asking people what their favorite moment from the year was, and you know, you're, you're getting the comebacks and the paradise jam, and you know, Roddy's thirty six point game against Creighton, and you know, the the dominant win against Mississippi State, opening night against Oral Roberts, and, and St. Mary's, you know, a sixteen point win over a top twenty five team at home, and 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 you get into the conference slate, and you have wyoming and boise state and the orange out thriller against san diego state it's just been non-stop fun all year long and i, I really hope that CSU fans are, are able to appreciate it but i'm also just really excited to kind of see where we can go from here because i think at this point you know what what this team has already accomplished is special this season will always be something that i look back on fondly i i feel like this group is dangerous man i, I feel like I mean, sweet 16 beyond who knows, you know, why couldn't they, I, I don't feel like there's a team in the country that David Roddy couldn't get buckets on. There's not a group in the country that's going to intimidate or, you know, punk Isaiah Stevens or this group. I mean, they're, they're composed, they're talented. They're just, they're truly special and, and they're coming together at the right time, both offensively and defensively. And I just think that this team is really dangerous, you know? I, I'm not taking shots at at San Diego State. Again, they've been the the face of the league, you know, for a decade plus at this point. They tend to kind of peak, you know, in January, like February at times, though, and then kind of get bounced in the, the first round of the NCAA tournament every year. That could still happen to CSU. You know, I'm not trying to get big cocky here. You never know. You never know. We got to see, you know, what the the matchup is and, and how it all plays out. You know, anything could happen at this point. But... I, I certainly feel good about CSU's chances. I mean, this group is special and it's not just me, you know, it's, it'd be one thing as a, you know, as a CSU alum, obviously as a, a guy that's been around this team for, for years now, you know, I clearly want this team to have success, but I mean, you look at the the people from heat check and, and field of 68 and, and John Rothstein, I mean, everyone's recognizing the talent of this team and, and, you know, their potential to to really be a, a sleeper team to make a run in in March and, it's just really cool to be able to say that. All right, I'm going to play some more audio here from uh, from Nico Medved as we wrap up the, the podcast. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope everybody got home safe. The The roads, especially south of, of 58th Avenue or so, were, were really sketchy. It, it was kind of scary. So I, I really do hope everybody got home okay, especially in the metro area. All right, real quick, I want to give you my DraftKings pick of the week, though, and we are going to focus on the NFL draft. You can place bets on who will be the number one overall pick. Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal, currently the betting favorite at minus 115. There's good value there. There, there really is. I, I could definitely see a world where he is number one. We talked about that a couple of times on the draft pod. I'm actually going to bet on a guy in Kayvon Thibodeau. Oregon defensive end plus 1200 put up 18 reps at the combine a guy who I think just kind of due to prospect fatigue has has kind of seen his his stock go down at least in in the public light or in in the public eye I mean you know over the the last six months or so and in some ways I'm kind of seeing it with Trey McBride I think when you're when you're so revered when you're so loved you're the next great thing eventually you know the only way the only place you can go is like down in, in terms of the way these conversations work and it's all a little bit silly, but he's phenomenal. I think he has the potential to, to really be a generational talent and at plus 1200, I just think that's a, a little bit too good to pass up. So I'm, I'm going to sprinkle that. I recommend that you do as well.
0: yeah, it's great. I mean, they're, they're a really good team. I mean, they've got well coached. They've got really good players. There's a reason why they are where they are. You know, both these games have just come down to the, you know, right down to the wire and we were just fortunate to make a couple more plays. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, a, that's a, that's a huge win for us here, here, here tonight for a lot of reasons. Um, And I'm just, I'm proud of these guys.
1: What are your thoughts on Isaiah? It really seemed like he was playing with an edge just in terms of his aggressiveness, change of pace. and, And really doing a nice job of facilitating that
0: ball. Yeah, I thought he was terrific tonight, too, really on both ends. And and uh, he was great attacking. He was aggressive. Um, and that's the way we need him. I, I thought, you know, the other thing for him, maybe getting a couple days off this week, you know, and, and kind of getting back to the practice court was probably good for him. Probably good for good for our team that way. And so I thought he took advantage of that. And, you know, he looked like, a, like an all-league point guard to me.